Love Talk Radio. Great joy and good afternoon, my friend. The Nepalese Meditation Bowl is chiming, centering your mind and delight on the art of the CEO. The show that brings you the most fascinating and really the most helpful leaders in the business community from around our terrestrial orb. I am Bart Jackson, the Hieronymus Bosch of business. And uh, you probably know that over 250 million roses will be bought and given to beloveds this Valentine's Day. But if you really want to impress her, my son, it had better be an orchid. We are in the middle of a flower power revolution that rivals the great tulip mania of the 17th century Europe. People are growing orchids. Societies are springing up like buds out of bark. People are falling in love with these exotic bits of elegance. And have you ever wondered why they are really the diamond of flowers, which you absolutely must give? And can you... Also, have you ever wondered also, can you really make a business out of something this delicate? Well, your wondering ship has reached port, my friend. Right at the hand, sitting right here with us, is Miss Susan Gange, founder of Stony Brook Orchids in Pennington, New Jersey, who grows and sells and embodies all knowledge about orchidious things and the commercial aspect thereof. Susan, I'm so glad that you could join us today. Thank you for your kind welcome. Oh, good. Well, we have a lot. We have a lot here to talk about. And so, uh, whether you're an executive meeting manager of a hotel group trying to elegantly deck your halls like Kate, or perhaps you're just a hopeless romantic who seeks to lay out uh, at the feet of his bride some enticing symbol of his passion, like Bart. I invite you to pull up your chair a little closer, join our Feast of Wisdom with Susan, which is all carefully cuisined to make your career thrive and your ventures flourish. Susan, what makes orchids the ultimate flower? I mean, why is giving uh, your best beloved a resplendent orchid considered one of the most romantic offerings that we can make this Valentine's Day or, or, or this prom night? I mean, why? They are an absolutely wonderful form of the plant kingdom. Um, They last a long time. The colors are beyond compare. Many of them have wonderful fragrances, uh, long-lasting, and they are just extra special flowers. They are more expensive than others, but they've been around for 84 million years, so they're worth it. So you're telling me that T-Rex... Uh, might have given a, uh, a a flowers an orchid to his love if his arms were long enough to reach one. <laughs> exactly, since they oh, okay. m- many of them grow in treetops, so they're a little out of reach. <laughs> oh yeah, well it goes to show you that having a huge mouth and short arms don't always uh, come out as a benefit. But uh, anyway, you know, Susan, I have wandered the jungles of Thailand and I've witnessed radiant orchids just as covering the forest tree trunks. But I understand that the the 200, I believe, species of orchids are a lot more hardy than I first presumed. I mean, I, they literally grow wild in New Jersey, right here and, and elsewhere. Am I right? Absolutely. And not only are there 200 species uh, throughout the world, there are actually 30,000. 
Um, there are orchids on every yes, yes, there are. There are orchids on every continent except Antarctica, and within um, New Jersey, uh, like the Pine Barrens and the Delaware uh-huh. River Valley, there are about 50 species that are winter hardy in our climate. They go dormant just like our perennials in our perennial gardens. Mm-hmm. I have, last year was one of the few years that you could actually cross-country ski in the Pine Barrens, and I saw, not flowers obviously, but plants in the Pine Barrens, so you're right. It is it is amazing to be able to see that. Um, well, with all that brief and tempting nausea of today's Feast of Wisdom, allow me now to fulfill uh, my duties as proper host and lay before you a few utensils for furthering of today's feast. And first utensil, as I always do, allow me to remind each of you hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself. And since that's really the most important position you'll ever hold in your career, Um, Allow me to ask, will this be the day that you face one fear and shrink it from an overwhelming elephant to its real and proper place in your tumbling life? Or will you continue to fuel its fire and let it scald your joy in progress? The choice, my friend, is truly yours. And as a second utensil, I think you need to steep your lips into a little laughter and taste a scriptural recitation from the 101 Best Business Quips book. So here we are. I'm pulling it out. I'm going through it, moving down. Okay, here it is. Here's number 26. If you sit in your office chair and work like mad all day, every day, it's a race as to whether your body or your business will collapse first. And as an afterthought to that, You know, physicians assure us that sitting is the new smoking. Bodies constantly at rest tend to deteriorate and die early. And likewise, businesses that are commanded by mere butt-to-the-chair managers who never venture outside will also grow pale and die of starvation. So rise up, my son, and get walking. Attend to clients. Visit contractors. Find out the real thoughts and innovations of your staff, have a drink with your competitors, and give your mind and your enterprise a stimulating shot. <laughs> and if you smirked a bit over that quip, we have them literally by the books full. Just visit bartsbooks.com, B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S.com. Pick up your copy of 101 or 102 Best Business Quips books, and you are going to have yourself a quiver absolutely laden with jovial witticisms that will inspire a little chuckle and day's cheer for all your chain gang fellows at work. And as a third utensil, I think we should appropriately entitle this The Delicate Beauty Fork, we proffer you the answer to last week's business quotation. That is, the name of the author who noted, for every complex problem, there is an answer that is clear and simple and wrong. Uh, was none other than uh, one of the globe's most penetrating wits and misanthropic philosophers, Mr. H.L. Mencken. So stick with us if you, uh, because later on in the show, blurting your way, comes another enriching quotation. And if you are among the learned souls who knows the author of that quote, just just simply scribble that sage's name down as you believe him or her to be and email it right off to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S.com. And if you are correct, your knowledge will earn you a marvelous gift, freshly disemboweled from the dungeons 
of Bart's Books Bookstore. At any rate, with utensils at hand, my friend, let's cultivate your sense of beauty and business and reflower your life under the guidance of Stony Brook Orchid's master and founder, Susan Gange. Susan, now, I understand that you have been propagating since age 12, plants, I mean. Uh, So what led you to this early-onset desire to make uh, edible vegetables and fruits and beautiful things grow? Did did your parents nudge you in this way? Well, I was probably in my genes to start with, but certainly observing my mom's um, uh, gardening efforts, uh, rhubarb and vegetables. I remember one summer just eating tomatoes off the vine for summer, just standing there in the July heat. Um, and just having the juice dripping down. But I come by it honestly as well. She's the daughter of uh, of farmers, so I'm a farmer's granddaughter. So, yeah. Oh, that's it's, wonderful. It's in the blood. That's wonderful. It's, uh, and it's good things to have in your veins, believe me. Now, uh, you talked about 30,000 species, and I know that there is this mad rush to uh, – may come up with new orchid hybrids. It's, it's it's like smartphone apps. Everyone wants to do it. So uh, how could you give us sort of a little thumbnail sketch? How does one propagate an orchid? How does one perhaps breed okay. a hybrid? Okay. Uh, you can do it either um, by pollination, the old-fashioned way, or uh, with uh, other types and of orchids. And what is the old-fashioned that, way? What, what is that old-fashioned uh, way? Okay. Well, actually, the definition of an orchid uh, for your listeners who are wanting to know how it differentiates from other plants, is that uh-huh. the stamen, part of the plant, which is right. the male portion, and the female right. portion, the pistil, are fused together in a structure uh-huh. called a column. They're not separate. They're they're together. <laughs> and that's very uh, so un-American, where you're not even allowed to stay with your spouse <laughs> for more than three years. I think. But go ahead. And um, the uh, the um, the pollen itself is uh, like it's dust-like, but they're um, uh, kind of glued glued together in little packets, little sticky packets, so they don't float through the air like a lot of other right. flowers. Uh, the pollen yeah. uh, for so they they require um, help pollination, usually uh-huh. an insect I- or like such as a butterfly, a moth, a bee, a wasp to bumble around among, in the flower and dislodge that uh, little pollen uh, sac called a pollinia and either deposit it within the same flower or, or move it on to a new flower. Now, if one is a human pollinator, one can right. take those little pollinia and either with a toothpick or a toothbrush uh, move those uh, uh, pollen packets uh, onto um, the pistil. And then if if the plant is fertilized, then that moves down the column into what looks to us to be the stem of the flower. Right. So it's actually uh-huh. the ovary, and that thickens and lengthens and can hold a 1,000 seeds. Um, if you've ever Uh-oh. seen the vanilla, uh, got, gotten some vanilla ice cream and seen little black dots in the ice cream, those are right. seeds from the vanilla orchid. Oh no kidding. Oh that's no kidding. fascinating. Oh my and gosh. Van- well, vanilla. Liquid vanilla is, oh, is from the vanilla. My God. I I never orchid. thought of vanilla as an orchid. I would think like uh, pistachio rocky road would be the orchid or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh anyway. 
if so you just joined so that's us. That's one uh, way of doing it. Yes. All right. So that's, that's one. Uh, that's one way of propagating. Okay. Is there another a, another a large another way? way? Is, another a second way. A second way is for those orchids, such as the uh, corsage orchids, like the cattleya orchids, oncidiums, oh, yeah, that yeah. sort of thing, that tend to grow like an iris, you know, sideways. We call those sympodial orchids. Those you can uh-huh. divide into pieces with a sharp knife, and as long as there are three to five. Um, uh, pseudobulbs, or what we call these structures, um, yeah. within each division, uh, the plant should take up off and, uh, and and do very nicely. Um, there's also wow. tissue culture. That's, I should have said that's that's the, the third the oh, third no. way is of uh, Americloning. Oh, well, well, okay. and, we'll keep it at yeah. two. I'm still I'm still I'm still really. If you've just joined us, you're you're listening to to two very silly people on the on the Art of the CEO Radio, which every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time streams magically through the profoundly misunderstood realms of cyberspace, where you may listen and download it by visiting blogtalkradio.com/slash. The Art of the CEO. That's blogtalkradio.com slash the art of the CEO. Now, Susan, I understand that uh, Stony Brook Orchids is coming up on its 21st anniversary, uh, and it's it's old enough to drink now, and it all began (laughs) apparently with your husband being enticed into building a a 2,400-square-foot greenhouse I'm fascinated in how how one gets David to to build a 2,400 square foot greenhouse. I mean, I built a tea house for my wife, which is about 10 by 10. Anyway, uh, how many uh, orchids does one put in a greenhouse of that size? Oh, you can fit thousands. Um, It depends upon the size (laughs) of the plant. And whether they're seedlings, very young ones, or mature blooming uh, cattleya orchids. So... Like a well, three-inch pot to get, an eight-inch pot. How do you get, uh, get – could you give us kind of a seasonal sketch? I mean, you, you, what, what do you start out with, I assume, a cutting or something? And then you uh, – what does it take on your part to get them sale-ready from from the okay. very beginning? And it, it's a brief well, sketch on that. I don't start with cuttings at all, um, unless I'm oh. making the divisions myself. Um, I will either start with, and depending upon the season of the year, right now we're coming up to orchid uh, show season, so uh, I'm, I'm a little bit busier than, uh, than usual uh, getting ready for my first show in February, but I'll order oh. plants in from Hawaii that are in bud. Uh, because a lot of the, because of our cold winters here in New Jersey, it's just a little bit too cold for too cool for my uh, other orchids that I flower myself in my own greenhouse to be quite ready for my first show. They'll be ready for my second show in March. So I'll order in budded plants or um, for show season. Uh, I usually do a lot of repotting, relabeling. Um, clean up the plants, uh, make sure the leaves are nice and clean, they're staked properly. All this comes from decades of knowledge <laughs> that I've acquired. Um, and because some, some, sometimes you get plants in from Hawaii and they are potted in potting mixes that will grow there but not here. For example, oh, one grower I deal course, with, course. they will send in to me usually on sidiums potted up in whole wine bottle corks. Oh, which, what, a, what a marvelous idea! I, I, I can help provide you with some of that. We're very good at this. Well, if if that's how you 
you you bring them up uh and they they sound small now uh so there really isn't a uh a, a, so much a plant forcing to get them ready for a show but but to uh it's it's getting uh the right ones at the right time uh that's correct from, from, there are there are certain say, yeah. seasons to various varieties but uh let me when one could i suppose bump up the heat to force one's own plants to move along faster but uh, I, I like you know having healthy sturdy plants that aren't uh, stretched too much so i want to give my customers the best plants possible Okay, and well, as Mae West said, uh, too much of a good thing is marvelous. So I'm assuming that you can't possibly water an orchid too much, right? Uh, underwater, not so much. Uh, overwatering <laughs> is the number one killer of orchids, however, alas. All righty. So if I have an orchid plant that I have just picked up from Stony Brook and I'm taking it home, I'm sure you have instructions, but tell all... Uh, the folks out there who have orchids and would like not to kill them, what's a good watering schedule and where should they place an orchid in their home? Well, there's the awful phrase, it depends. It depends Ah. on what potting, (laughs) what potting, it depends on the orchid because different orchids have different light requirements. For example, Phalaenopsis and lady slipper orchids will do beautifully in a window that gets morning sun. And cattleyas, oncidiums, and dendrobiums uh, prefer a lot more sun. So they'll do nicely in a west or south-facing window, for example. Now, as far as watering, uh, quantity and um, frequency, it depends upon the potting mix. If the plant is grown in sphagnum moss, it's kind of that spongy material that a lot of orchids you may find at the box stores and so forth. Those you'll water when the top inch is dry, and you really want to be careful you don't overwater them because moss okay. acts like a sponge. If you grow, for example, and that's going to be about once a, a week. Is that uh, for the most part? No, no. In this climate, that could be every two. Uh, let's see, in the wintertime, every two to three weeks, and in the oh, summertime, really? it's warmer, uh huh, sunnier. Could be every ten days to two weeks. And a lot of the big wow. box plants are also in containers that don't have a drainage hole. So then you have some issues. <laughs> so you really oh, yes, I, I know careful. that. I'm a great believer in the drainage hole. But by the way, I hope I don't know if you knew this. Uh, you, you probably do. But sphagnum moss, to show you uh, absorbency, was originally used by the Lenape Indians uh, to, as, as diaper material. They would make a diaper out of bark line. It was sphagnum moss wrapped around the child, and moisture be damned. Uh, so at any rate, if you've if you've just joined us, you are listening to the Art of the CEO, where you may tap into the really some of the most profitable business and career wisdom by visiting theartoftheceo.com. That's theartoftheceo.com. And one more quick question before we head off for a break. If a listener would like to come sit at your feet, Susan, and learn about orchids and orchid growing, and if they'd like, or if they'd like to have a professional sit their orchids while they're off on vacation, or they're, uh, or if they want to rush down to your shop this very day to get their best beloved a last-minute Valentine because they forgot, and 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 how can they find your shop and your wisdom? Okay. <laughs> well, we have a website www.stonybrookorchids.com with our hours, um, phone number, and so forth. And they can um, 
We're open by appointment Tuesday through Saturday, so call ahead, even if you're in the driveway saying, I'm here, are you there? Um, but I, I usually am. And uh, we do a lot of plant boarding, repotting. I'll be, we're more than happy to show you how to repot. In fact, that's one of the joys of my, my job. I get to teach people the wonderful world of orchids and how to keep their plants alive and enjoyable for years to come because they can live for decades. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, that's that's wonderful. I hope probably longer than the high school's the love between you and the high school sweetheart you bought them for, but that's another issue. So, all right, <laughs> doubtless you, uh, like I, are in need of a brief sorbet from all the sumptuous feasts of wisdom that Susan has been really laying before us. So allow me, if you will, to introduce to you the company by whose good graces we are here today. That company is Prometheus Publishing, creator of, among other divisions, Bart's Books Ultimate Business Guides. And you may visit bartsbooks.com, that's B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S.com, and explore a wide wealth of practical wisdom from business masters. And this very day, uh, the folks at Prometheus invite you to take a look at uh, one of their books entitled, So That's How They Do It, Tactics from Business Masters. This this really is one of my favorite book projects, primarily because of, of the people that it's designed to help. We made this book for uh, business folks whom we call the Energized Elite. They, and you know who you are. You're, you're that individual who really seeks to a fulfilling and a satisfying, challenging career. Uh, and you want that enough not just to hear about a good idea, but to push your arms away from the swivel chair and seize a better tool and apply it to your own job and business. So take a look at So That's How They Do It, and you'll find a whole smorgasbord of tactics that are brought to you from a worldwide array of business people who have done very well with it. And each tactic or discipline is comes with a brief example, and you can apply the ones you want, and maybe it'll just set your mind pondering to some innovation and improvement of your own. So that's how they do it. Uh, come is available at other places uh, and also at bartsbooks.com. And if, by the way, and if you enjoyed today's quip and you'd like to hear more of them, or you'd like to hear more about uh, some of our past episodes, or you'd like to uh, get to find out a little bit more about our our guests, simply wobble your agile little digits and visit theartoftheceo.com. And here you can find profiles of Susan and all our other guests, and you can get to know them a little better, and you can even... Uh, find out where they'll be speaking next and uh, how to get to their shops and so forth. So uh, you are going to find a lot of good uh, benefits for you on theartoftheceo.com. And speaking of benefits from amazing enterprises, let's turn our mind back to all things beautiful and orchidious with Miss Susan Gange, founder of Stony Brook Orchids. Susan, you're, you're really essentially a farmer. Uh, but who mm-hmm. really does not have the luxury of selling all her crop to one single outlet. You can't say, here's my corn crop, take it away. It's, I mean, so you really have to be a perpetual motion businesswoman as well. Could you uh, run us through uh, an average, if, if there is such a thing, an average laboring day for the owner and chief farmhand and head of sales for Stony Brook Orchids? <laughs> sure, I'll try. Um, every day is different. Okay. Uh, that's great. Wonderful. I, 
<laughs> yeah, life is never boring, I, I have to say. Um, at least uh, an hour or so of a, of a day, I try to sit down and return phone calls, emails, um, and uh, do other paperwork involved with um, our enterprise here. But uh, I'm usually uh, watering if as needed, and uh, I can, with my system, I can water my 2,400-square-foot greenhouse in half an hour, which is pretty darn good. Um, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's an innovation worth. You should go to you should go to the shop just to see that. You give and, watering um, demonstrations. You should. Anyway, <laughs> it helps to have a floor that you don't mind getting wet, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. And I'll, I'll be you know repotting, um, uh, tidying up because with a lot of potting soil floating around, potting mixes, uh, there's always something to be uh, cleaned up, dusted. Um, grooming plants to make sure they always look uh, in tip-top shape for my customers to come by because they don't stop growing just because you're on a vacation. So we don't take vacations. uh, Children are like that. I I know what you mean. Well, now, you were, in in a former life, as I understand, you uh, are a veteran of the advertising world. And uh, I I believe you, when you first started this venture back in 92, that you wanted to, you... uh, 96, I'm sorry. Uh, you were looking for a strictly mail-order shop, but it all sort of broadened out into a regular retail. Uh, could you tell us how you go about marketing your exotic products? How, how, what, uh, how do you go about selling them? Sure. Well, it's very helpful um, with our customers who are particularly busy in this, in this part of the country um, to go where they are because they can't always get to your, your uh, greenhouse. So we do right. um, two, two farmers markets uh, a week in the summertime and uh, two a month in the wintertime. Um, not, and we do orchid shows as well. I give lectures to orchid societies, orchid uh, clubs. Oh. Uh, we, sh- we ship nationwide through our website. That's been a, a wonderful uh, boom because, uh, you know, from here to California, we, we have customers everywhere. And uh, with our website, we've also, although I don't ship to South Africa or Taiwan, um, we have uh, folks on the email list there who want to read more about orchids on our website. So it's, no uh, it's, it's all over. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Well, now, how do you, uh, you say you uh, I give lectures, and I can see where that would help, but how do you select which of the trade shows will be most profitable? This is an old, tough business question. There's obviously more than you can go to. How do you, uh, how do you find out that w- which are really going to be turn the best profit for you? Mm-hmm. Good question. Um, in the or- <clears throat> excuse me, in the orchid world, uh, you are you await an invitation to participate oh. in an orchid show. Mm-hmm. You have to have. Uh, demonstrated that you know how to grow the plants and there can be a a steep learning curve certainly from the commercial aspect Um, so each each orchid show is uh, sponsored by an orchid society so you you receive an invitation and uh, of course there's always um, a a fee helps pay for the the venue and the awards and so forth Um, and then you uh, have to install an orchid exhibit which will be judged and the orchid exhibit can be 25 to 35 square feet. They can be larger as well. And so you bring oh. your very, very, very so best really, plants. And they are, 
Uh huh. Yeah. This is this is this is a big deal. I've I've won ribbons at the Philly Flower Show, Longwood Garden Show. Wonder. Shows, oh, that's and, the big one, mm-hmm. right? And, yeah, and, and, and trophies. Beat yeah. out Lady mm-hmm. Hamilton over there. That, uh, the, yes, uh, I. Um, yes, uh, she, I believe she did the horticort at at uh, the yeah. Phil, uh, Philly Flower Show. Yes. Right. Yes. It's 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 always always fun. So uh, it's a, um, it's and a then you bring feel, I can tell this. They make it. Everyone is very polite, but but uh, I, there's there's you don't want to mess with these people. <laughs> <laughs> they take so, they take their plants very seriously, <laughs> whether they're orchids oh or my. African violets. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Susan, just one more question I must ask is that yeah, uh, I. I uh, growing orchids seems very alluring. You've made it sound very enticing to us all. And I know several corporate refugees who would really envy your life, at least from uh, 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 from the grass's greener vision over the fence. Um, but there, um, if if someone might be casting an eye toward launching a uh, your kind of business, what what quick a couple of points of advice? What would you what would you tell them? First of all, be in good physical health. Have a good back because there's a lot of physical work involved. And if your back uh-huh. isn't up to it, it's not going to be a lot of fun. Um, secondly, uh-huh. talk to other orchid growers. Uh, find out their experiences. Um, grow orchids yourself. Uh, don't. This is not a business that you're going to embark on without any knowledge whatsoever about uh, growing orchids. There, it's a different process than growing. So it's not like plants. being president or something like that. No. <laughs> oh, so no, you you, you have to know what you're doing. Okay, all right. You have to. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, you, well, do, do go on quickly. The job the job is so big that it's a learning curve for everybody. It, um, it, it, I, I don't know how anyone could be president, quite frankly. But, but uh, <laughs> and, uh, anyways, no, I and, think that's right. It's 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 good good. I think you have given very solid advice. You talk to people, and as you say, uh, you've told me when we've talked before, growing orchids or growing anything is a labor of love, so you'd better love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Susan, absolutely. thank you so much for coming on. This has been a great a great uh, enlightenment for me and, and a great uh, entertainment, and I'm uh, so... Uh, I hope you'll be uh, willing to to come back again sometime, and uh, maybe we'll have pleasure. you right. We'll have you on prom night rather than Valentine after <laughs> Valentine's Day now or something like that. Okay, I thank you very much. And just one more thing before you go, give us your telephone number where people may phone and make an appointment. Certainly, it's six zero nine seven three zero eight four four eight. All righty. Thank you very much. This has been a great, uh, marvelous feast of wisdom for me. I have learned quite a bit. Thank you, Susan. And as we round out today's feast, I'm glad, I'm glad. Um, As we round out today's feast, I am Bart Jackson, your curator of business wisdom, leaving you with today's business quotation. Who was it who said, things come to those who wait, but they're only the things left by those who hustle. And hint, this president, the author, was the president uh, who brought down both with great compassion and a steely fire to his leadership of the American Civil War. 
And remember, if you know the author of this quote, simply scribble that author's name down as you believe him or her to be and send it right off to info at bartsbooks.com to win an absolutely power-thrusting, career-changing gift from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. And as a parting shot, in the words of my wife's husband, if you can afford to pay uh, your people, I'm sorry, if your company can afford to pay you what you're worth, they're making far too much money. (laughs) And do tune in next week to The Art of the CEO because uh, we are going to have Mr. Phil, Phil Crowley, who is a guiding star for entrepreneurs and a corporate attorney, who is going to answer the question, just whose intellectual property is it anyway? And if you have uh, been sharing gleefully our feast, I hope you have enjoyed it, uh, The Art of the CEO, as much as Susan and I have enjoyed bringing it to you. And you may visit all our shows by visiting theartoftheceo.com. And finally, to you, who have honored us with your time, may I say, as always, it has been a privilege. I thank you. <laughs>